You're listening to the Paul Hutchings Podcast, brought to you by paulhutchings.net, teaching you to be free through principle-centered lessons on personal development, online marketing, and financial literacy. Hey, 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 what's going on, friends and fellow Freedom Crusaders? You're listening to episode eight of the Paul Hutchings Podcast, and the title of today's episode is Money Multiplication versus Cash Evaporation, and this is a big, 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 big lesson in financial literacy. The information that's going to follow can really help you avoid watching large amounts of cash evaporate right before your very eyes. And on the flip side, if you understand what I'm going to be sharing with you in this episode, you can know how to find those opportunities in the marketplace that will allow you to compound your wealth legitimately, reliably, and do it in a way where your money can be much, much, much less at risk. And I'm excited because what I'm going to be sharing with you in this episode actually comes from real life personal experience. So these lessons that I'm going to be passing along are tested in the hard laboratory of life, which I think means you can take them to the bank. So let's go ahead and get into this. Of course, as we introduce this episode, I've got to share with you guys and gals a couple of stories to kind of frame up the information that I'm going to pass along. So first story, I was having a conversation with my kids. We were sitting in the living room and we were talking about the difference between gambling and investing. One of my sons, Camden, he is my second oldest son. He made the comment that investing in Tesla stock would be just like gambling. And we had some chuckles as we went back and forth. I asked, how would you define gambling? And he gave me his ideas. And then I said, well, how would you define an investment? And then he gave me his ideas. And we went back and forth having this conversation. I tend to look at going to Vegas and putting money in a slot machine as gambling. Whereas if someone takes the time to understand a company and or an investment and or a leadership team and makes the decision to send money in that direction, I definitely wouldn't class that in the same category as a gamble because one is based on pure chance where the other one has more factors at play within your control. And so we had a great discussion and this kind of launched this thought process of this episode of gambling versus investing. I wanted to share with you two more stories to introduce this topic. Some time ago, a great friend introduced me to the idea of trading in the Forex market. And he got me on a Zoom and he executed a few trades and I saw these instant profits being dumped into his bank account. And I got kind of excited about the possibilities. Well, a little bit of time goes by and the same friend messages me or calls me on the phone. I don't remember how the initial communication came about, but he said, Paul, I've got this trading robot that will automatically execute these trades. And of course, I'm initially cautious and a little bit skeptical, but he starts sending me screenshots of these trades that this Forex bot is winning for him. And so I get a little excited and I buy the bot and I put some money in and I click start on the bot and lo and behold, 
cash starts to be deposited into my bank account. And I, of course, get excited because it is exciting when you're making money and the money seems to be coming quickly and it seems to be coming automatically. And so I share this bot with my business partner and he starts to use the bot and he starts to experience the same results. He's pulling profits really quickly with this bot. So we get kind of excited as this continues on and we're drawing out spreadsheets based on the potential of the returns that we were initially experiencing and we were forecasting how we could be multimillionaires in X amount of time and it was going to happen so fast and it was so exciting and so I shared this with a few other of my friends and they started using the bot and they were getting initial profits and getting very excited. This continued on for several weeks and I actually had friends of mine so excited about the initial results that they were seeing that they put in large amounts of cash. We're talking to let this bot automatically compound this money for them. And one night I went to sleep looking at the bot because of course that's what you do when it's pulling in money and you're so excited. So I went to sleep looking at my screen of this bot and the results that were happening. I slept through the night and I woke up the next morning to frantic text messages from my friends. I started seeing messages like, we got wiped out, all the money is gone. And I couldn't believe it. So of course I pulled up the app on my phone and sure enough, the money that I had put in this bot was wiped clean. This was one of the most discouraging experiences that I'd ever had happen in my journey, in part because I had introduced some of my best friends to this app, and they had quickly lost large amounts of money. It was a sad experience. However, all of my friends, of course, they're positive and passionate and motivated, and they find the lessons in the setbacks. And so we've all moved on from that experience, but I've asked myself, what were the things that we did that were mistakes that led to so much cash being lost. One more story and then we'll get into the lesson. So I have another uh, friend, actually one of my best friends in the world. I've known this friend since I was a very little boy. We were roommates together in college. And once upon a time, my friend gave me a phone call and told me about this quote unquote investment that they were participating in where this pillar of the community had set up this investment opportunity and they were really excited about it. As they talked to me about it, they said, well, you know, all you have to do is put in this money and automatically you start getting these huge returns on a consistent monthly basis. And I asked my friend as she explained this to me. How is it working? Can you explain to me who the customers are, who the end users are? How is the money being compounded? As I asked these questions, there was definitely some confusion as to how this was all taking place. The main import of what was known was that this person in the community was a pillar in the community. He'd actually been featured in news stories. He'd been celebrated by various organizations in their community and he was the guy that was heading this up. He had a successful family business that had actually been in business for decades. So most people were going off the trust of this person and also the initial exciting returns that people were seeing without having to know very much or do very much. They were putting in money and drawing out these returns. In fact, in this particular scenario, there were people that were so excited about what was happening. There were people drawing out 
home equity loans. There were people pulling their retirement savings out of retirement, out of their 401k. There were people borrowing money from family members, all to invest in this really great deal that was happening. And then one day, my wife sends me this news article and she says, is this the thing that your friend was investing in? And I pulled up the news article and I thought, oh no, the name on this news article of this business, oh, that, that rings a bell. This sounds like it is, it is the thing that, that my best friend was investing in. So I called my friend and I said, hey, is the name of the investment you guys were doing, is it such and such? And my friend said, yeah, why? And I said, oh, there's on this news article of how this gentleman in this community that had this successful family business was running a Ponzi scheme and the feds just raided his business. They froze all the accounts of everyone that was involved. This is not good. And so my friend said, I got to go and hung up the phone and of course started to deal with the situation. Long story short on that, another story of a great friend someone who I love very much, ended up losing a substantial amount of money that was important to their family. Now, fortunately, in this case also, my friend is a positive, glass half full, uh, optimistic, get yourself up off the ground, grab the lessons and move forward in a positive way type of a person. And it has been incredibly inspiring to me to see how this friend has dealt with this situation and turned it into really a great positive and teaches others about what happened. It's really amazing the things that came out of this. That being said, I think we could all agree that if situations like this where your cash, your hard-earned cash was evaporated if situations like this could be avoided, I think we would all agree that would probably be a good thing. And of course, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone here. As I've told you the story of me with the Forex trading, I've been in this stuff also. I've made mistakes like this also. And so the point of this episode is to do the best that I can to explain some things that hopefully will prevent all of us from having our cash sucked away from us. And rather than having that scenario occur, we can instead take our cash and plant it like seeds in the ground so that it will grow money trees and prosperity trees for us far off into the future. And that's a big part of how freedom is created. So let's get into this. The first thing I wanted to share is a foundational principle to keep in mind when looking at any investment opportunity. And here it is. Da, 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 da. Money is safely multiplied when it's put in the true service of others via a legitimate product or service. So anytime you look at any sort of a business opportunity, investment opportunity, money multiplication opportunity, one of the most important questions to ask and get answered is what is the product or the service that's being delivered to the marketplace? Because if there is a real benefit accruing to the end consumer, then you have something that could have legs. If there is no product, there is no service, or the product or service is so complicated that nobody can explain it, or you need a PhD to be able to understand it, now we're walking on dangerous ground. So that's the first thing. One of the things that I've heard from mentors in the past is that every true principle has an evil opposite. And so the evil opposite of this principle that I've just shared is the infamous Ponzi or pyramid scheme. 
And this is a scenario where money multiplies so magically that almost no one knows how it's happening. And in fact, many definitions that have been given of pyramid or Ponzi schemes come down to the point that there is no product, there is no service exchanging hands. And basically what is happening is you'll have an individual explaining an investment opportunity and it sounds good to people. So person A takes his or her $5,000 and gives it to the guy or the gal explaining the scheme. And then that guy or the gal leading the scheme goes to person B and says, oh, this investment opportunity is so great. Here's the returns that we're getting. It's easy. You don't have to know anything. You don't have to put in any effort. Uh, you don't even have to understand it. I mean, all you need to worry about is give me your money and you're going to get X amount return. And then when person B says, okay, yeah, I'll invest it. Person B gives the leader of the scheme $5,000. And then what the leader of the scheme does is they'll take the $5,000 that they just got from person B They'll take a portion of those proceeds and then they'll pay that proceeds back out to person A in the form of earned interest or return. And then they'll go on to person C, get their money. They'll take a portion of that and pay person B and person A. And so what they're doing is they're just gathering money from many different areas. And then they're taking a piece of that and putting it back out in the form of return. All the while, they're keeping the initial lump sum and just paying out the interest. And so what it does is it gives this illusion that money is being made, returns are being made, interest is being gained, and that can go on for a number of years. The most famous Ponzi scheme, of course, Bernie Madoff, went on for decades, I believe. It was the biggest Ponzi scheme that had ever happened in the history of the United States, at least, and maybe the world. And here was a guy who had a ton of credibility, a ton of authority. He'd been trading in the markets. He had a great track record. And all the while, he was running a big, fat Ponzi scheme where many, many, many people lost life savings and things that were really important to them. And so that's the first thing to keep in mind. Money is safely multiplied when it's put in the true service of others via a legitimate product or service. And the next thing that I want to share with you is what I'm going to call the gambling versus investing chart. So if you go to paulhetchings.net, there will be a podcast link in the very top. And if you click that link and subscribe, you'll get a list of all of the podcasts that we've done on the Paul Hitchings podcast since we started. Right now, there's eight episodes. And below this episode, money multiplication versus cash evaporation, you'll find the PDF of this document that I'm going to be explaining right now. So at the very top of the document, you have gambling versus investing. This goes back to the conversation I had with my son where he was like, investing in stocks is gambling. It's not investing, it's gambling. There does seem to be a difference between gambling versus investing. And the question that we want to ask and answer in this episode is what is that difference? What's the difference? On this PDF, you're going to see on the left side, a line that goes from the top of the page to the bottom of the page, and that line is meant to represent control. So the question there is, how much control do I have with this investment opportunity or business opportunity? If it's a situation where you're handing your money over to someone else and you're not involved in the day-to-day -day operations of the business, then the control line would be a little bit down. It would be down towards the gambling line at the bottom. And so we've got control on the left and then we've got knowledge and skill running across the bottom from left to right. And then if you draw a line where those two lines meet on 
the bottom left hand side of the L shaped diagram and then you start to draw a diagonal line. So the line starts out at the very bottom with zero control and zero knowledge and skill. That is the definition of a gamble. When you take your money and you put it somewhere where you have no control over what happens to it after you put the money in and you also have no knowledge or skill as to how that money is supposed to multiply, you have the definition of a gamble. And the perfect example of that would be to go to Vegas, put your money in the slot machine, because once your money's in the slot machine, you have zero control over what happens after that. You have zero knowledge and skill, and or the knowledge and skill you have is totally irrelevant to what happens to that money after you pull that lever, that is a gamble. So at the bottom left of this L, we have gambling, and of course that is high risk. High risk. You're gambling. That's high risk because it's left up to pure chance. There are no factors within your control that can have a positive effect on how that situation plays out. That's why that's high risk. And so the horizontal line starts at the bottom left of the L and we've got gamble high risk on the bottom left because there's no control and there's no knowledge and skill. And then what happens is that as the diagonal line goes to the top and to the right of this chart, you start to increase in control and increase in knowledge and skill. And as you increase in the amount of control you have over the situation, and as your knowledge and skill increases with that as well, you start to move from what would be a pure gamble to an investment on the very top right. And in an investment, we would classify as lower risk or maybe even no risk. Now, I'm not uh, advocating any guarantees or anything like that, but what I am saying is if you have more control over a situation and you have more knowledge and skill that can be applied to that situation, and that situation includes a valuable product or a valuable service, you're moving more towards a legitimate investment and or a legitimate business opportunity. I wanted to give you also a couple examples of this. So the story with my son and investing in Tesla, where would that fall? And by the way, I don't own any Tesla shares, so I'm not advocating for anything. I'm just using this as an example to help us come to good understanding of different opportunities that might exist in the marketplace. So my son was pointing out that if I invest in Tesla stock, I don't have control over what happens to that money after I invest in it because I'm not the CEO, I'm not on the board of directors, I don't have a key position in management. So he was saying that I had no control and therefore that was his justification for calling that a gamble. That is kind of true, but it's not all the way true. And the reason it's not all the way true is because I can, as an investor, take the time necessary to do the due diligence to, if I wanted to, become a literate stock investor. And that would mean, number one, I understand the stock market, I understand all the ins and outs. I know how it works. I understand the factors that tend to affect the stock market. So if I took the time to grow my knowledge and skill, which is that bottom horizontal line on the chart, if I took the time to grow my knowledge and skill, well, I am taking more control over my situation. And when the time comes for me to take my money and decide which company to invest it, I can invest that money with those companies that I believe based on the knowledge that I've acquired and the research that I've done, I can take that money and I can invest it 
with those companies that I believe have wise, knowledgeable, skillful, honest people running those companies that are in control. So I've used my knowledge and my skill to invest in a company where I believe that the people who are in control are going to make good decisions. And so I move up on that left line from gamble closer to investment because I've taken responsibility. Now, dumping your money into 401k plan, dumping your money into mutual funds with no other knowledge and skill other than my investment advisor told me it was a good thing to do. I think that's moving closer to gambling because you're taking your money. You have no knowledge and skill or very little knowledge and skill. You have no control and you're just sending that money somewhere, crossing your fingers and hoping that it will perform well. So that's a little bit closer to a gamble. Let's take real estate, for example. And in real estate, one of the things that really sold me when I was reading about real estate in the books that I read was that with a rental property, A, I can increase my knowledge and skill so that I buy the right property in the right location. So I can increase my knowledge and skill so that can have an effect or an impact on how that investment plays out. But then the other really beautiful thing about real estate is after I buy the real estate, I still have an immense amount of control over that property. So it's not like the stock market where once you put your money in, back up and watch and hope that it all goes well. With real estate, once you put your money in, if you're actively engaged in growing your portfolio, you have a lot of control. I've had rental property managers for some of our rental properties in the past and I gave up control. And what I found in some scenarios was that the people who were managing my properties didn't care so much what type of tenants were put in there. So we ended up having maybe not the best tenants who weren't treating our properties in the best way. So I fired that rental property manager. And for the last couple of years, I've been managing our properties on my own. And what is that? That's me gaining more control over that investment. So when I go to fill the property, I can decide what the application process looks like. I can decide whether we do a credit background check. I can decide all of these questions I can ask to filter out the tenants that I don't want and filter in the tenants that I do. So with real estate, you have an opportunity to have a high level of knowledge and skill and you also have the opportunity to have a high level of control if you want it. And that, in my opinion, moves that category of investment much more towards the investment end of that diagonal line where you have gamble on the bottom left, investment on the top right because I'm increasing my control and I'm increasing my knowledge and skill. So this is a really important thing to understand. And if you understand what we've talked about in this episode, you can look at any opportunity, any investment and quickly see danger signs, right? You can see danger signs and you can say, nope, this is a cash evaporator. I don't want this near me or my finances. And then you can kind of gravitate towards those investments that will produce great returns for you over a long period of time. And again, if you want an investment that's going to produce great returns for you over a long period of time, you must take responsibility for the control that you want to have in the investment, but then also for the knowledge and the skill. And this leads me to the final quote that I wanted to share in this episode from Robert Kiyosaki. He said this, investments aren't risky, investors are. Investments aren't risky, investors are. Why is that? 
It's because if you're a great investor, you're going to take control over as many of the factors that affect that investment as possible so that you can become educated, so that you can affect the positive outcome of that investment. And you're also going to grow your knowledge and skill so that you're not just relying on what the successful, credible, Ponzi scheme operator that was featured in the local newspaper five or 10 times over the last 20 years, you don't have to rely on his judgment or her judgment because you've taken the time to grow your knowledge and skill and learn how to see the great opportunities that are out there all around us. So that is the episode for today. Hopefully it's been of value to you. Want to encourage you to get out there, take action, go for your dreams. Thanks so much for listening to the Paul Hetchings podcast. And again, if you go to paulhetchings.net, click on the podcast link at the top of my blog, you can get all of the episodes in one spot, as well as this PDF that I've covered in this episode. We'll see you next week. Take care and bye for now. Hey there, my friend, this is Paul Hetchings. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Episode. I hope this has been a great investment into your better future. To make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes and bonus content, please visit paulhutchings.net and click the podcast link in the menu bar to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and whatever you do, always go for your dreams.